Welcome to Soda here with Kevin Clark. I am Kevin Clark. We're clapping again. Yeah. We're back to the claps. Three guests today, all of them awesome. Oh my god, I completely blanked on them. No, keep this in. Keep this in. I'm so tired. I cannot remember the people I just talked to. Phil Sims first. Dan Orlovsky. Debo Samuel. Really insightful um, uh, bits from all of them. I really enjoyed it. Here you go. Here's the legend, Phil Sims. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, one of the legends of Slow News Day, Phil Sims is here inside the NFL, NFL and CBS. He's in New Jersey right now. What's going on, brother? Uh, nothing's going on. It's uh, just another cold day up here in New Jersey. Uh, of course, watching a lot of TV, listening to everybody talk about the Super Bowl. And man, I am so sick of hearing an analysis of the Super Bowl already. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, what else can be said? There's nothing you can find that hasn't been said a hundred times, but uh, still, you know. Got to listen in case I learn something. Okay, without throwing anybody under the bus, unless you want to, what is your least favorite bit of Super Bowl analysis so far? Like, is there something where you're just like, okay, people keep talking about this, but this just doesn't matter? Oh, boy, that's a good question. I don't have an answer for it off the top of my head. I, I think a lot of it is just, I, th- this I do will say, uh, it's probably better during the Super Bowl because people actually do work and look at what's going on in football instead of going, well, on third down, he's one of the worst <laughs> quarterbacks in the league, you know? He's on a bad team, but it doesn't matter. He's got to be great when he's under pre- – oh, my God, I get so sick of listening to – when somebody comes on in TV or I listen on radio, they start reciting number after number, boom. You know what that is, right? I turn it over or turn it off because I, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you know, watch the game, determine how the facts come out or these numbers, and do it that way. So that that's really one of my main gripes. God, when you start talking about all the numbers, my head explodes. So that's just me. That's the way I am. I take it you're not writing the analytics revolution in the NFL there, Phil? Hey, that's fine. I understand analytics. I do. But, you know, uh, a lot of it I don't understand also. I mean, we got different teams, different talent, right? Different circumstances. But let's lop it all into one category. You know, if you go for it on Fourth and two on your own 18, your percentages of making it are 52%. So let's do it. How's that make sense? You got me? <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, I do. I do. I, I see where I've you're coming from. I've seen these decisions and I'm not exaggerating. So that's what I just. No, but, oh, I agree with you. Yeah. I also think Brandon Staley's a bad coach, but enough about that. No, no, um, no. no listen, I'm I'm Hold on. No, no, no. Brandon Staley. Did you notice this year? Only really one time you could yell at him and, and was in Cleveland when he yeah. went for it on a, that was the only time I thought over that. Actually, I thought he was too conservative this year, believe it or not. So, oh, well. So it's cold. Mahomes, I like the way you're dressed today. I feel underdressed. Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm wearing a suit every single day. Um, I, I brought five to Arizona. Uh, I almost got an overweight charge at the airport um, oh. the baggage because of all that and stuff. We escaped it. Uh, 49 pounds. Um, so I'm great. I didn't have to pay an extra hundred bucks and I'm wearing these suits. It's wonderful. Hey, you got, you got great hair. You got a nice uh, sport coat on you. You're living large, man. You got to, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, no, so thank I mean, why didn't you dress up? I thought you respected the show more, Phil. Uh, I am. This is for me at home. This is dressed up, man. I mean, I, never, I mean, yeah, I guess you are at home. I guess that, you know, you're just walking around your house right now. I guess you, you can't wear a suit. Well, I decided since I was coming on here at home, I thought I'd put some clothes on instead of walking <laughs> Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's up to hey, you. Wait, we, we, this this show takes all kinds. This, this show takes all kinds. It's, it's oh. totally fine. When you watch Patrick Mahomes, I love asking quarterbacks this question because I view the game and I see, whoa, that was an incredible throw. Or, oh, he was throwing across his body or whatever. But you process it differently because you've played the position and you know how hard little things are. Just things that I wouldn't notice. My, my crew wouldn't notice. Is there something Mahomes does where as someone who, who knows how hard the position can be, you say, oh, my God, like this, we don't even we don't even appreciate this part of his game. You know, I, I think that it caught everybody by surprise. You know, he was doing it in college. I remember yeah. watching some of his college games and going, wow, he is just, you know, unbelievable. But I, I'm not going to lie. I just go, will this work in the NFL? Will he right. be able to do these things? And listen, he has changed how the quarterback has played at all levels for, uh, you know, forever and probably now. And what we see Patrick Mahomes doing, we kind of expect most of the quarterbacks, especially the ones coming in the league, to be able to do some of these things, not as great as him, because they're, you, you need his talent too, right? natural God-given talent. But the way he holds the football, the way he throws, the way – and I do this with tons of kids during the offseason. What he does and all those weird throws and all that – it is like mechanically perfect. Yeah. And that's what you want to teach the kid to do. And believe it or not, you can teach this to kids and they can pick it up. If you got talent and once you kind of learn to throw, you can do all those off-balance throws. And we see more and more quarterbacks in the NFL doing it. It's pretty cool. Can you take me through that? Because I think it's an interesting point because I think that one of the lessons, like Zach Wilson's a great example. Everybody right. said, oh, he can make all the throws, the off-platform stuff. Well, you know what he couldn't do? He couldn't throw a five-yard out you know i mean, like he just wasn't you know, he wasn't doing the easy stuff you needed to be able to take those layups but when you say that you can learn to make those those off-platform stuff and you can improve the mechanics can you take me through just the coaching points that, that you you give when you're when you're talking to to kids um about how you get to be and I, no one's ever going to be patrick mahomes um and I, I saw people compare caleb williams to patrick mahomes and i'm like come on i mean like i, I know caleb williams is very good but like we got a ways to go here um but i'm curious about the steps and the mechanics that you teach to to uh learn that kind of improvisation uh, it's really easy, believe it or not. You start with like, let's take one step and uh, throw it here, throw it there. Uh, all the stuff about, oh, you can't throw across the field if you're rolling right. That Listen, can we get rid of that that narrative? That damn thing died a long time ago. If you can't run right and throw it across the field to the left, then you're not going to be an NFL quarterback right now or even a good college quarterback. you got to be able to do these things. And uh, it is easy to learn. It's all about leverage. 
standing the right way, learning how to stand on your right foot, whatever, and arm angles. You know, the arm angles. And if you notice Patrick Mahomes, just I don't know if you can see me, his arm never gets really long behind him. It stays somewhat compact. And by and large, compact throwers dominate the NFL. And when you have a compact motion, it's more powerful. You know, if you're a boxer, right, you don't reach way back here to hit somebody, do you? Because there's you lose power. But when you keep it in tight, then boom, that way. And that's really kind of throwing, too. To create leverage, it's really important. And for Zach Wilson, he does that pretty good on the run. But when he's dropping back, like you said, in the pocket, he doesn't quite have that same um, – I don't think his talent is as good sometimes because what you said in the NFL, you got to be a machine hitting those short passes and 10 yards under. And then we go from there and work down the field. So if you're Joe Douglas, speaking of Zach Wilson, if you're Joe Douglas and the Packers call you, your offer is what? Oh boy. That's a good one. Uh, we'll give you a first round pick and we'll take care of some of the money for you. Uh, so because of all that money, you know, I don't know what team can absorb. What What is his salary this year? You tell him. I don't even. I, I think they have, to, I think they have to take on 60, yeah. All right. Well, you know, not many teams can absorb a $60 million contract on their roster or their what they're doing. So I would think Green Bay is going to have to absorb a little of that, whatever. And the draft picks, I don't think it'll be off the charts. If the Jets want him, uh, this is going to be interesting. You know, and Aaron Rodgers is kind of – saying stuff that makes me think that he thinks he might move on or retire. I don't know. It's everywhere. I can't even follow it. Uh, but I, if I'd say this, if the Jets, if you can make the deal and it's not outrageous, then I'd tell them that I would definitely, as a fan and as what I do for a living, I'd say it's a really good move. You didn't pull an Aaron Rodgers when you were playing and do do a, a darkness retreat and just lock yourself in for four days and just, <laughs> well, just figure out life? I did that a long time ago, man. Many times, you know. <laughs> Shut the door. Turn That's it off. That's what I said. Oh, That's what yeah. I said. I was just talking to Olavsky. It's like I, I've been in dark rooms for four days. It's called college. You just sit around. You're just drinking, you know. Just I don't, know, don't don't turn on the light. Like, well, I wasn't, we've all done that. I, I wasn't doing a Dan Olavsky. I was um, probably in a dark room after a bad season and losing a playoff game. Going, oh my yeah. gosh, you know. So not that I really was, but it, it is a down period, big time. It felt like it. It felt. I like can't it. imagine. Being, you know, I only got to play in one Super Bowl, but now, you know, all these years later, and even when it was over, whatever, during that offseason, wow, what's it like to lose a Super Bowl? And I mean, I think you carry that for a long time unless you win one to to get over that. So losing the Super Bowl, oh, my gosh, it would have changed my life, of course, and probably ended my career with the Giants. But it worked out well. But I just think about that all the time. Uh, how you got to absorb that and move on if you are a quarterback of a losing team in the Super Bowl. It must be horrible. Like, it really must. Like, you people t- would talk about, I mean, you especially think about, you know, a, t- a franchise like Buffalo that's never won one. If yeah. you lose one, if you're, if you're, you know, Scott Norwood or whomever, like, it just, it just follows you around for, for your entire life. I mean, it's well, such a big, lose, that's, yeah. that's why I, I was saying the other day. Yeah. The, the, the other day I was, I was talking to somebody and we were talking about how, Basically, like, you know, the Super Bowl almost has nothing in common with any other game because not only are you practicing at a college facility or a local NFL facility the whole time, um, but you're you know, doing media, an hour of media every day, which is not common during the season. The halftime is incredibly long. You're at a neutral site. And, and beyond that, the pressure is just so much that I'm sure it's going through the, everybody's heads, 106 players all the time saying, if I lose this, it's going to follow me around for the, my entire life. Well, it gets bigger and bigger. There's no doubt. 
And uh, the scrutiny is more than ever. The interviews, I don't think players mind that. You know, they don't care. They, hey, let's talk about me more. What do you think about me? <laughs> Enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? And, you know, so and I love doing the interviews before the Super Bowl, for real. Uh, so uh, it was just different. But now, no matter what happens in the game, we're going to boil it down to what? We're going to boil it down to the losing quarterback yeah. and the losing coach. He did this, and the coach made a terrible, you know, and, and we've uh, shrunk the football world so much in the media that it's hard to turn on a show where they talk about anything beside a coach and a quarterback. And it, it's, I think it's unfair. I wish it changed a little bit, but it's not. As the league goes forward, and it becomes more and more about the quarterback and, you know, these head coaches too, and that's yeah. all we we'll talk about. So nothing I can do about that. Why do you think that is? Because it seems to me like with the internet and some of the other conversations and in some corners, football conversation is getting a little smarter and we're talking about uh, different stuff and, and more players. And, hey, you know, this defensive tackle is, is really valuable, even if he doesn't get 15 sacks or whatever. Why do you think that, that that kind of analysis, the quarterback coach analysis, has become more prevalent in other corners? Well, it's easy. And now we can have opinions on the after the fact. You know, we're all geniuses after the fact, right? The great Tom Moore, who was a coordinator for many years yeah. of the league, I said, Tom, do you ever think when the game is over, maybe you called? He goes, and you know, Tom Moore, I don't know. You ever met him? Yeah, I have. Well, he He's talks amazing. like this, and he goes, you know, we're all geniuses after the fact. And I went, wow, that's a great line. And I stole, I use it many times. And he doesn't second guess himself when it's over. You just make the calls and you go on. But we can question the coach. And for the quarterback, we can do what? Why do we talk? One of the focal point, we see him the most or talked about the most. But we can we can analyze the numbers, the numbers. You can't analyze the numbers for a linebacker or center or tackles or whatever. So, but we can go. You know, here's my favorite. He was 22 of 28 for 400 yards and four touchdowns, but he did throw two interceptions. I mean, that always has to come in at the end. But you know, and I go, I always say this: Did the interceptions have any impact on the game? And a lot of times, they do not have any impact. But they lump it in there like that's one of the, even though you could play a terrific game, that interception or two or whatever was a difference when a lot of times it has nothing to do with the outcome. And I wish I'd say get a chance to see this more on TV, but I don't. But wow. Yeah. Just wow. say wow. it. Wow. Just say it. Well, Just that's say it. Yeah. You know, it's a little more um, succinct and, you know, it's a little, it, it's sometimes it's hard to get out your what you really want to do and you go, don't worry, I'll get it next week. And all of a sudden, you know, it's just, sometimes it's hard on TV with commercials yes, to of really get into what you really want to say, but we do the best we can. Is there something, if you had more time on TV that you would focus more on, like if you, if you could bring anything to the masses is when you're on either the CBS game or, or sorry, pre CBS pregame show or anything like that. Like, is there something you wish you had, if you had an extra minute that you would, you would, you would want to focus on more? I don't know if there's one thing, but just yeah. to go more in depth about something, which I think is really important, you know, whatever that is for the week or the game I'm talking about. And uh, just to just to shed a little light on more than just how what we've already talked about uh, becomes only the focal point of what we talk about. So and there, there'll be some of those in the game. You know, if the offensive line, like as we look back a couple of years ago, the offensive line at Kansas City was yes. horrendous in their game against Tampa. But. You know, uh, but I hear, oh, well, Mahomes struggled against them. Well, he had a really bad toe for one. When he warmed up in that game, he did not move. He yep. stood in one spot, 
and through every pass from standing there. I didn't see him move, even jog two feet. Uh, but again, we just go back to that. We don't talk about, oh, they got a whole new offensive line since then and reshape that. And then this past offseason, they said, oh, let's reshape the defense too. Kansas City's unbelievable how they can just reload and do what they're doing. It's tells you something about the organization, but it tells you about the greatness of Andy Reid too. The biggest regret of my sort of prediction life is not seeing that Kansas City game coming because we should have seen it. Like when you see, okay, the fast Todd Bowles front seven, it's really, they're really going to come after Mahomes. They've got a whole new offensive line and I still pick the Chiefs. Like, what was I thinking? It was so stupid that none of us saw that coming. Uh, I mean, some people did, obviously, but like looking back on it again, we're all geniuses after the fact, but yeah. man, we sh- that should have been such an easy game to pick. You know, I don't even know who I picked. I probably blew that one too. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I got to tell you, sometimes I have said, oh my gosh, I'll be on. And there's, this is 90%. I have a great feel and knowledge of what's going on and hell, I'll pick the other team. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. But, you know, I remember this about, I didn't get to say this during the Super Bowl show we did that year. Two things I worried about big time and never got to do it because, you know, TV works. And I went, God, I've been holding that for hours and I didn't get to say it, but was protection for Patrick Mahomes, which I really didn't worry about, and defensive holding penalties. The Chiefs were a very handsy team. Are they going to let them play? Or are they going to call these? pass interference, defensive holding, whatever. And it turns out those were really, really big plays in the game. And, of course, like you said, I didn't get to say it, but it was on my mind. I wanted that was my main thing, but those things happen all the time. You seem to be alluding a couple times to sort of wanting to have the fans have a deeper understanding. If you could have the fans understand any part of football um, that that the, the player would understand, that the coaches understand, but you don't think the fan necessarily understands, is there something that you think that that you wished we appreciated about the game, just as far as scheme goes, nuance goes, when we're just evaluating it? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a hard answer for me. Uh, yeah. What it would be, I think, you know, always when you see teams that win Super Bowls, they all most of the time have one thing in common, and that's really good offensive lines. Yeah. And, you know, every year I look at it and I judge offensive lines, and let's say I have the top 10 and I pick them out, and then I go, wow, eight of them are in the playoffs, and – all that stuff. So I don't know if I can really pinpoint one thing to tell the fans to really focus on more. They just try to see a little more missed tackles. I, I don't yeah. know if they care about that, but you know, good tackling teams usually have both they're fast on defense and they're taught, and you don't see guys going for the knockout hits. Uh yeah. that's not something you'd even want to tell the fans. But I, I think TV, we all need to do a little better job of kind of broadening fans. Uh, perspective and how they look at it. I don't know if that'll happen, but um, probably not because what's going on in the draft this year? What's going to Oh my God. Oh, we're, we're so excited. Uh, you know, last year there could be five guys drafted in the first round. What tapes are, were you looking at to think there were going to be five quarterbacks taken in the first round? We had one. And of course this year, I don't know. We got three already that are definitely, they say, are going to the top 15 or four. I don't know if it's yeah. three or four, but there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a few drafted in the first round for sure. And that's all that we're going to hear about the draft and maybe an occasional pass rusher. I don't know, but it's going to be quarterbacks are going to drive us nuts whole offseason. Sounds like you're saying, Phil, we need to watch the tape. We all need to watch the tape more. No, that. <laughs> Just don't judge everything by stats, okay? That's that's probably Boom. the only take, you know. Just Boom. 
Numbers and football lie. Okay. Oh my God. You know, it's so hey, it's gonna be a good Super Bowl, I hope. You know, I worry about this about the Super Bowl. I only worry about the fact that Philadelphia for real, which you've heard all week already in the last 10 days or whatever, they're as Bill Parcells told me once, and I always say this, he goes, Remember this, Sims. Fast teams get slower. Mm. Big guys never get smaller. Okay. And I just think about it and I go, you know, that's pretty, pretty it. Philadelphia is a big team with speed. And that's always concern, I think, in the NFL. When you big physical teams can withstand long battles, you know, fast teams, no matter what they do, they're going to slow down during the game somewhere, especially when you talk about pass rush and other stuff. And then can you take advantage of them? But uh, I do worry that Philadelphia is so talented and powerful. I know Kansas City is going to be jacked up and ready to go, but can they hang in there for 60 minutes physically will be the big question. Love it. Uh, we do one thing to get you out of here. It's called Club Kevin. It's our Hall of Fame. You can induct anybody in the world you want to. TV show you're watching, an athlete you're, you, you saw recently that, that you're impressed by, doesn't matter. You can induct anybody in the world to give a shout out to. Who are you inducting? Wow, that's too broad of a damn question. <laughs> I, I just and they caught me by surprise. I don't know what to say here. Uh, what do you mean a, a football player into the hall? Doesn't thing? matter. Doesn't matter. Anybody. It, it could be universal. It could be a football player. It could be honestly an actor. If you just saw a TV show. Well, I don't know. Just trying to do this in the football world. I'm having a hard time coming. At, I'm thinking a quarterback, somebody that really deserves. Oh, well, first off, in acting. If he was a football player, I'd put him in the Hall of Fame. He'd be a first ballot killer, and that's Denzel Washington. I mean, I love of course, the he's of course, yeah. of uh, course. But shoot, I had somebody else in my mind for quarterback. Oh, I do. I almost forgot it. Jim Plunkett. Nobody ever Let's talked get him in. About him. He won two Super Bowls. I thought that was once you win two, you're in. And he had a big factor. He was a big factor in them. And Jim Plunkett really had talent. Big old dude. And he can move around in the pocket. He just had that little extra flair to him. And, man, he was a spiral-throwing dude. I mean, he could throw the ball. I remember seeing him in college at Stanford. I go, damn, his uniform didn't look like it fits. And that helmet's just smashed on his head. But, boy, can he throw the ball. So, I don't know. I've said it a lot. And people just, ah. You know, Tom Flores, he won two Super Bowls. Finally, they waited till he's 98. They put him in the Hall of Fame finally. I mean, I, I don't know. So that's just me. Phil Sims, thank you so much for coming back on Swim News Day. We appreciate you so much, man. I, I feel bad. I was so nice to you today. Should I? Have... <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember our interview three years ago. And you said, you have any advice for me? And I think I said, yeah, quit. 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 You said quit. Yeah, that, you I know, stuck I with it. You stuck. <laughs> well, of course, I didn't mean it. I think you do a great job. And uh, you got to get a jacket that fits a little better, but I'm not going to get into oh. that. No. Oh no. I thought we were good. I thought we were going to get out. I was going to get of on. Of course. Escape. I just, I just did that to, you know, to get something in. I didn't really. <laughs> Don't we say you, a lot man. of things in lives? Are you married? I am. Yeah. We just had a kid last month. Oh, congratulations. Was just think yeah. all the things you say to your wife that you really don't believe and are not true, but you tell her anyway, right? <laughs> That's okay. exactly right, man. We all do that. I still do it. Man. We've been married. My wife and I, I got to think about it. Uh, 43 years. Wow. Wow. Congratulations wow. on that. Damn, it's nothing like getting a hey, listen. Let me tell you this too, big man. Age is real. Everybody goes, oh, age is just a number. My aching butt, it is. It's real. 
So I fight it every day, and that's my my new thing now. So, what's your number one marriage tip to have a, a successful forty three year mar- marriage? Never argue. I mean, I probably have argued twice, and what good is the argument going to do? You know, we get my wife and I. If we do get upset at all, we just walk away. I'm not. We're not going to carry it on anymore. And then next time we see each other, hey, how you doing? It's it's. I think we've argued for real, maybe twice in our whole marriage. Wow. So. Yeah, no, she's a patient girl. There's no doubt about that. Good culture. I, yeah. I had Jared. I had Jared Goff on on Monday, and he's planning a wedding. And he said his number one tip is just say nothing. Just say nothing, <laughs> right. and just let somebody else somebody else come up with it. They can't tag you. Yeah, good for Jared right. Goff. What a good one, man. I'm. I. I've been. I was rough on him in his career at times, but he. I. I even said on TV, Jared Goff just slapped this in the back of the head and told us to shut up because he is delivering <laughs> mail, baby. And he, well, I'm really happy for him. I really am. He did a great job this year. And of course, I like Coach Campbell too. I love it. Phil Simmons, right, thank man. you so much, man. You're we welcome. appreciate you. Thanks right. for having me on. Thanks, man. Right. Bye-bye. Bye now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Dan Orlovsky, NFL Live, ESPN star. What's going on, brother? Not much. I bet, like if the, if I could have picked to do one thing this week, it was this with you. Um, you were actually low on our list, to be honest with you. I'm how low? <laughs> um, if the uh, list was like wow, how well, deep? we tried to go through all the NFL Live. Did people. you go? Who was yeah, one? Marcus, Mina first? Marcus said no. Marcus said uh, no. Marcus said no. Laura didn't even return a call. Yeah, I would say <laughs> Laura didn't even return move. our call. Uh, Mina, actually, I saw her yesterday. She did. She pretended not to know who I was um, because she knew. And she just said, I, She's don't, starting I don't know to who get you are. full of herself. Yeah, she said, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was uh, it was really strange. So we settled on you. So <laughs> Settling no, is okay. You are one of my favorite analysts. Um, Thank you, you. Your career, first of all, is amazing. We've, we've talked about this when you were on the Ring NFL show, starting with literally Twitter videos um, yeah. and, then, and then climbing up. Um, I... I I asked the same question of Matthew Barry yesterday, and I'm I'm curious uh, yours too. Like, if you were giving a young journalist career advice, what would it be? Work really, 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 really hard. Yeah. Not work really hard at figuring out um, what kind of journalist or analyst you want to become. Figure out a way or find a way that you believe that you are different than everybody else, and then work really hard at trying to stand out in that aspect. And then the never ending kind of journey of perfecting it. Um, also, don't be scared to be wrong. You know, so often I think people come into our industry and they're scared to be wrong because yeah. we live in a social media world of um, if, if and when you're wrong, people are going to absolutely eviscerate you for it. And so, like, I think people don't, are scared of that and, and scared of what people might say about them. I think if you're scared to be wrong, you, there's no way to stand out. There's no way to um, stick out in being right. Um, I that's think that's a big thing. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
when you watch Patrick Mahomes, we got Patrick Mahomes right here in the newspaper. Um, this there's is a, a lot newspaper. of photos. A lot of we, we are the last people to buy print newspapers just for this show. Cousin Sal once said, "I think we were keeping the LA Times in business from like 2019 <laughs> to 2020 by just going to a, a stand in Larchmont and just buying like three of them." Um, when you watch him play quarterback, yeah, as someone who has played quarterback, like what do you notice? Like what I, I think a lot of times somebody was telling me this the other day about. They were watching a soccer game with a scout and they were just like noticing different stuff than, than I would notice, right? And it's like, oh, he's using the outside of his foot, whatever, right? When you watch the quarterback position play by Patrick Mahomes as someone who's done it, like what are the hard things he's able to do that we don't even notice or appreciate or, yep. or process? The game is never fast for him. Sure. It, it, everything around him moves so slow to him. And that, like if you could imagine playing quarterback – it's not just a single decision that happens on every play. Like right. there's five, six, seven, eight, nine decisions. And that's really like the difference between great player, good player, solid player, bad players. Oh, I, I, I made those decisions and I made the wrong one on the third or fourth step. Or, you know, it just happened so fast. I could never get to making that right. He makes the right decision consistently so quickly. And it's one decision after another decision, after another decision, when to leave a pocket, when not to... And I think how, how slow the game is for him is a big deal. Sure. Um, I think the there's there's not a single throw on the field, no matter what the defense does, that he's incapable of making. Um, I think the defense could have the perfect play call, and they could execute that that play call perfectly, and it still won't matter because of some of the unique stuff that he does. Is the processing God given, or can you like watch? a game differently when you're six years old, seven years old, and then it starts to slow down for you. Like, is that just, I, I, I don't know. Cause I, I don't, I don't see the game slowly. I yeah. don't see anything slowly. Yeah, like, neither did I, I'm, bud. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> I mean, you probably see it slower than me. Yeah, I would I hope mean, so. You, yeah, I, I think you, there's, there's some gray area yeah. there. But like, is that... I think it's a little bit God-given. Yeah. I think it's a little bit like you start to learn it playing sports as a kid in yeah. the backyard. And I've always said this about Patrick. And I don't know if this is actually a fact. So maybe on one of your shows, you could, you could find out. So you're it about out. to tell me something that you always say about Patrick that you don't know. if it's I don't think Patrick ever had like private training. I don't think he did either. I, and I think that is the best thing that his parents ever did. That he never, because the, all the, the, the stuff true. that he did playing, whether it was at recess in school or in the backyard or pick a basketball or all the different things, playing different sports as a kid that he, I think that is also something that is developed. So like definitely born like with it. Yes, he was born with that, but developed through his childhood is a big deal. I talked to Big Pat about this a couple of years ago, okay. Patrick Mahomes, um, of, of uh, smoking that Joe Burrow pack fame. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Burrow. You smoking on the Joe Burrow. I'm smoking on the Joe Burrow. And he told me, that first of all, I believe you're right. He didn't have private quarterback training. He had his dad just throwing right. in the backyard. And he said that he first realized he was special. His son was special because when he was like five, six years old, they'd throw in the backyard and then the backyard got too small. And then, I mean, <laughs> he's an MLB player. Like right. it's, I mean, they weren't, he, you know, yeah. they, they probably had a nice little backyard. Yeah. And he kept trying to have, he, tried, he kept trying to move to bigger and bigger and bigger fields, and they just couldn't find one that was big enough for Patrick to actually test his arm out when he was like six. nine. Oh, nine? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, six, maybe you can whatever. Keep him in the backyard. Yeah. He's just, you know, going, you know, whatever. He's get, getting the mechanics down. But when he's nine, when he's 10, like they needed to basically go to a local high school just so he could throw the ball in the backyard. The other thing about Patrick is that a lot of his warm up stuff is from baseball. Yeah. Totally different. So like he does a long toss mm -hmm. to warm up. Mm -hmm. He told me just because like, that's what his, that's, that's what his dad taught, taught him to loosen up. So yeah. it's like, it's almost like he didn't even get 
that kind of football education. And that's why I think he, he's so, he plays quarterback in an authentic way. Yeah. And, and he's the only, he's one of one too. Like he's yeah. the outlier. I, I said it this, this year, like I'm no longer saying when kids are coming out of the draft, like this guy's got traits of Patrick Mahomes or reminds you, I'm not doing it. I, I'll use somebody else's name as a comp because he's the, he's, he's so unique in the way that he plays and the style that he plays both physically and mentally. Um, He's he's a joy. Like he, he he's purely purely just he's still playing quarterback in the NFL in his five, fifth or sixth year. Like you want a nine or ten year old to play in Pop Warner. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um. All right. You get bullied for your food takes all the time. All the time. Is there ever been a take that you've gotten bullied on that you've like changed your mind? Like when someone when you throw it out there that you like X Y and Z, and yeah. someone says you're wrong about that, do you? Like then try to have have the dish a change that people, of heart. a change of heart or experiment or do you stick to your guns on the take? And what's I'm the one you've gotten? The mo- okay, what's the one you've gotten the most heat for? Um, probably the Reese's cup thing. That was pretty outlandish. People didn't appreciate. Explain that. that to the audience. I said that Reese's peanut butter cups are the most overrated candy. I, I think they're very Reese's pieces are tremendous. Um, but everyone talks about Reese's peanut butter cups like it's the greatest candy or or it's the the only candy that matters. And I just, I think it's a very average candy. I don't think there's enough peanut butter in the cup and I'm not a milk chocolate fan. So that's part of it. Um, well, I if think, you're not a milk chocolate fan, it sounds like you're coming into this bias already. Right. But that's agenda. Here's my thing with the food take thing. Okay. It's going into my mouth. It's my food. Yeah, take. We feel bad for your mouth. <laughs> I feel bad for your you mouth. You sound like Mina. Um, <laughs> That that that's probably one. Um, I think that the the chocolate chip cookie conversation with the oatmeal raisin cookie probably thing w- was sure. a big deal. I'm a simple person, man. Like I don't, I'll never forget. I played football with this guy. You remember Kevin Walter from of course. the Texans? Of course, he's a good buddy of mine still. And Kevin was Kevin looked like, you know, like sometimes we were in Vegas this past week. We were walking walking by a bunch of like the Chippendales, you know, sure. like the shirtless dudes sure. that are shredded. That's Kevin Walter, okay. And I'll never forget, we were eating breakfast one time. We, we were on a breakfast. I think I got like a breakfast burrito or something. Yeah. Kevin ordered 14 egg whites and mixed in with um, turkey. And I was like, yo, and Kevin's eating there, like shoveling it in his mouth. And I looked at him like, I said, Kevin, he's like, I don't eat for pleasure. I eat for fuel. And that kind of was in a moment where I was like, there you go. That's why you look the way you look. I look like a piece of dough and you look like, like that so maybe i'll eat like you more often how much so aaron Rodgers going on a four-day darkness retreat yeah um which is just from what i understand is being in a house with no lights on no lights no sound no not sound. a shred of light okay because if i believe I, if you see light you start to hallucinate right how is he gonna go to the bathroom you pee yourself i don't know I, there's a lot i i i'm sort of a truther on this i think you're gonna see a lot of light over the course of four days I, there's no way you, they they say they give you food. I yeah. don't know how they would give you the food, how you would identify the food. This is I, I don't. Maybe you know what the food is previous. I, I how do you know what time it is? Oh, you're not supposed to know what time it is. It's like a Vegas casino. They don't have clocks anywhere. They want you. They just want you in there. Um, four how, days of darkness. How much? I mean, four days of darkness. I went to college. It's not. That's not significant. I just played NCAA football for four days straight, five days. Well, you straight. weren't one of those losers that would take a defensive back and put him at quarterback and run the. Quarterback oh no, 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 no. Uh, that was not. I'm a program builder. 
I'm a program builder. So I would, I would have, I'd have nine, I'd have four 99 quarterbacks on the roster. There's no reason to take a, a cornerback and run him around. I'm going to pass the ball. I'm going to drop back and pass. I'm not going to use play action. I'm, I, I'm going to play the game the way it's supposed to be played. Sure. Is all I'll say about that. But anyway, I probably sat four days in darkness, just playing little Miami 2009. You kidding me? Just, just cooking. Um, I, I would do Michael Vick with the Virginia tech Hokies. Back oh in yeah. The day. Um, Matt LaFleur told me he learned ball from playing NCAA football, which is probably true. Says a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking Sorry, of, Matt. speaking of, um, well, how much would you give up for Aaron Rodgers? If what you're the team Jets, am I? I mean, you're the Jets. You're Joe Douglas. I would give up. I would give up two first round picks for Aaron Rodgers. Only if Aaron gave me his word that he was going to be around for offseason activities. He's got to be around. I need, I, need, I need his energy. I need his leadership. I need his presence in our building throughout the offseason. Two caveats here. First one, what if he agrees to the offseason activity, but the offseason activity is another darkness retreat for the entire team? If he's like, no, we're going to have OTAs in a, in a closet, that would be tough. Um, Where is it? Jersey. It's in Florham Park. Four days? Yeah. You do that. I mean, is it mandatory? Is it a man? <laughs> It's a three-day OTA. In that's June. our mandatory mini camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the second thing is, I, for me, I think two is pricey. I don't think he was. I was having dinner with some people last night, and I said I just don't think he was all that good last year. And he they wasn't. said, "Well, he's got a broken thumb." And I said, "Well, he's kind of at the age where I know broken thumbs are. You know, you can get be twenty-two okay, so and get a broken this thumb. This is a good but you conversation. Start to pick things up. Okay, this is a good conversation because my pushback to you would then be, well, then what else? What, what's the alternative if you're the Jets? All right. Um, first of all, you don't have to sell out to get a quarterback this year. You don't have to. You can try to get a stopgap guy. I think the Jets would have made the playoffs with pretty much anybody last year, except okay. Zach Wilson. Right. Zach Wilson was actively harming. If Zach Wilson was a sleeper agent against the New York Jets, he would have done nothing differently. Nothing. I agree with that. So I, th- you can get a, a literal stopgap guy. I mean, if you want to do a Derek Carr type. Okay. That's fine with me. But I'm saying even lower, you can still win but nine, would, 10 games. So are we saying Jacoby Brissett? Are we saying Jimmy G? I mean, Jimmy, G, Jimmy, if Jimmy G would be healthy, that would be great. They could win nine, 10 games with Jimmy G. But that's a I giant if, right? But I don't think Rodgers raises their ceiling all that much. I really? really don't. I don't think they're capable of being a 13-14 win team with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I disagree. I think Aaron with Rodgers, that defense and that offensive line, I, if they're I healthy. I love the Jets. This is a pro Jets take. I'm just saying that the the Packers. But so, you think they're a 13, 14? You think they're an 11 win team with the Jimmy G? Yes, and I think they're an 11 win team with Aaron Rodgers. And I wow. don't think the difference is two first round. I don't think there's enough difference. I really don't. I totally disagree. At this stage with that. in their career, I just, I, I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's one of the most insightful. I think he's one of the talented guys. But last year, I think he was, I think he was like the 10th or 11th best quarterback last year. And he's, oh, he, I think that's fair. But yes. again, the, but. Does the thumb not matter at all to you? Or it has to no, it somewhat, does, right? But what, but what I'm saying is, is that when you get up there in age, things happen to your body. Not everybody is Tom sure. Brady. And so I think you have to, to build in the fact that he may not be healthy all the time. Or it may, when he picks up a thing like that, it may take him longer to recover. So, but but if, you're, if you're the New York Jets, right? And, and we sit there and say, okay, if Robert Sala, the head coach, and Joe Douglas, they got to win, right? They got to probably get to the playoffs to save their jobs. Yes, That's probably a fair comment. Are you rolling the dice and banking on the likelihood of that happening with Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a good player, but constantly hurt? Yeah. Or Derek Carr, who 
I'm a car guy, but I think you got to figure out, can he handle that burden of expectation? It, I don't know if he's ever held, felt, felt that weight or, hey, give us, get, get rid of those two first round picks. We don't really need that much more right now and roll the dice on Aaron Rodgers. Like, which one are you more willing to roll the dice on? Desperation does bad things to franchises. I agree. That's and I I think that your Woody Johnson would put them in a very tough spot if he gives them some sort of ultimatum. And from what I understand, Woody already puts a lot of pressure on people inside that building. From what I, from from the rumor mill, and so if there's some sort of like tabloidy like oh, it's do or die this year, that's a bad thing because then that's when you start overbidding. That's when totally. You, and so I I just think they should kind of see the ball, hit the ball. If Aaron Rodgers is available for one first round pick, you take him. Do not get desperate. Do not. Set to trade that second pick. By the way, that second first round pick. By the way, if it all goes bust, you can have a situation like we had this year where that pick becomes a top 10 pick. Let's, uh, let's live in this world. What happens if Derek Carr gets traded and or signs with the Saints or the Bucks? Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo goes to the Carolina Panthers. Then what do you do? Well, you could A, draft a quarterback. We could say, but I, I wouldn't start a rookie. Um, you also need to see kind of who shakes available after the draft. I think there, there's part of that too. What happens if another a, a quarterback rich team takes a guy in the first round? I think that there's there's more quarterbacks available over the from February to June than we think. But like starting playoff caliber quarterbacks. But the, the the whole thing here is that I don't think you need a starting playoff quarterback type quarterback on you don't need a guy who raises the ceiling that much again levels to this conversation because then i would say while i agree with that and that conference you're gonna have to win 11 12 games likely to get in we have to bet on this we're gonna figure out a bet we're gonna figure out a bet on this i guess we have to see what happens when they trade for him but i do think the, the jets will end up trading for and rogers and they'll pay too much and we'll discuss you think it they'll the be time. too much I, I do think All that right. um you have to go i have to go we have phil sims next gonna roast me um, really quickly, we do Club Kevin. You can induct anybody in the world. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, uh, so basically, if it's a TV show you like right now, an athlete you, you like, doesn't matter. Who are you inducting? Ooh, I, I'm, I'm going to, listen, not going to be a popular one. I just finally got to see Maverick with my family. Oh. Um, I'm going to induct two people. Tom Cruise. And then, who's the Philadelphia Eagles Miles fan? Miles Teller. Miles he was Teller. on the show a couple years I'm ago. I'm inducting. Tell he was tremendous in yeah. that movie. And my wife's from Philly, so... I'm inducting both of them. Maverick made me big cry. Big Eagles fan. And then Glenn Powell was a big Cowboys fan. They were on it together. Right. And made so me cry. Glenn Powell probably hates you because you hate Dak. Everybody, everybody that's, that's, that's any association on Radio with Row. the state of Texas hates me. Dan Arlowski, thank you so much for coming on. He doesn't hate Dak. Good he doesn't you, hate buddy. Dak. All right. Yeah, see are you, you double jointed? Uh, I don't think so. You don't feel Do I have that a weird wrist? wrist? You don't feel that in your wrist right there? No. Your wrist is like breaking. Should I be a better athlete? Should I? Because I have more flexibility. You should have been a pitcher. Let's go. I'm left-handed. So I don't need this. I don't need this. See you, buddy. Later. All right, Debo Samuel is here with Wells Fargo. What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Do you like Radio Row? Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Appointment after appointment, I you know I don't I don't want to be walking all around places. I ain't got no money going. You so. got your I mean, you have to get Strict, lunch at some point. You got you got to eat food at some point. But For then sure. it's just it's just yeah. one thing after another. Um, take me through. You played both of these defenses this year. Um, take me through first the speed of the Eagles defense and that front seven, how they get after it, how that changes the calculus for an offense. I mean, they really get off the ball fast. Yeah. They, they, that's, that's just, they eat, sleep, get off the ball. Um, and you can see that week in and week out. Yeah. Uh, they're very athletic. 
I mean, you got Reddick on the outside with what twenty sacks at, yeah. at this point, which is outrageous. Yep. But also, you got guys beside him with ten plus, yep. which is even scarier if that makes any sense. And then just to go back to just go back to the Chiefs, big physical guys. Yep. I mean, you got big boy, you got big boy in the middle. Like they 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 solid over there too, though. Yeah. Who's your pick? I'm gonna go with the Eagles. I'm going with the Eagles because I want to see AJ Brown win. Yeah, it's my dog. Okay, it's all right. Dog. What is AJ Brown when you watch him as someone who obviously plays the same position? Like, what do you appreciate about the nuance of his game? Because I, I love asking. Like, we just had Orlovsky on. I was saying, you know, as a quarterback, when you watch Mahomes, you know how hard it is. What do you appreciate as someone who understands the wide receiver position? What does AJ Brown do well that that me or Corey or Richie wouldn't notice? What I, what I, what I love about AJ is what what a lot of people don't really know about him. The, the how important and how how much he loved the game. Yeah, like. Like meeting, I met AJ my my last year of college, um, 2018, and we trained together before we got drafted. And the relationship been building ever since. It's just like, like he eats, sleep, walk, ball. Like yep. how the love that he had for the game and how he approached the game week in and week out. Like you ain't got no choice but to respect it. When you're in playing in the Super Bowl, as you did, um, what? is different about it because i hear so often it's like okay you have to have a family member in charge you're giving out tickets or else your you know your phone is just going to be an absolute nightmare the entire week you're obviously training at a neutral site and a practice facility all week halftime takes forever like what do players need to know about playing in the super bowl if they haven't done it before you just gotta like kind of like go back take it back to college what will muschamp said be where your feet are mm. keep the main thing the main thing and and you you get to this position because not just what you put in this year, it's what you did as a kid, junior high school, high school, college. I mean, you just think about as a kid, just growing up watching the Super Bowl, be like, I'll be there one day. So you're in the moment now. Enjoy the moment. Embrace it. I mean, take advantage of every opportunity that you get and just go out there and enjoy the game. So Richard Sherman was on the show a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about Kyle Shanahan and being coached by him and how much you learn about football when you're with Kyle Shanahan and how the story he told was about how they played um, basically when, when Sherman was with the Seahawks, Kyle knew Dan Quinn's system so well that he broke the rules of the defense. And basically the Seahawks had to change the rules forever of their defense because Kyle Shanahan knew him so well. What's the most specific, important thing you've learned about football from coach Shanahan? Like details, like how important it is. Like, It'd be a lot of mess-ups in games that people don't know nothing about. It's the small things that will lose you the game. Kyle is real huge on details, being decisive, breaking the huddle right, hearing everything, like every single word in the huddle, when you think it don't matter to you, matters to you. Like, details is just huge to him. Can you give me an example of a detail that you now appreciate at the NFL level because of Coach Shanahan? Kind of alignment, listening to, like, what you got, like, the test at hand for as... If it say one yard outside the numbers, you can be one yard outside the numbers, not a half a yard, two yards. Like details is like huge because everything with Cal is about time. Like timing is everything. Did you learn that the hard way? Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, well, I had were, it, man. My rookie year was rough. <laughs> like my rookie year was real. Like, I used to go to practice with dark shields on my helmet just so he couldn't see my eyes because I was cussing him out of my helmet. Really? Like, it was like, Kyle, Kyle, like, he don't play when it comes, like, to receivers. He coached us harder than anybody on the field. What, uh, how did that relationship mature to the point that you guys are, you got on the same Sorry. page? Um, 
it just it's just crazy like like how like you don't see too many coaches like him in, yeah. in an aspect of he's a player's before anything. Right. He acts as I input on everything that goes on with the team. He don't make no decisions on his own. So you learn to appreciate him yeah. through that. It took took your whole rookie year basically? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, the, the amount of respect and all the, like, me and Kyle like this. Yeah. Like, I know so much about Kyle. Like, you'll think that, like, he's my pops or something. Like, how yeah. much we talk. Like, he probably called me within the next couple of days when he and Cabo chilling with his family. Like, we got that kind of relationship. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, when you think about just what, you know, next, the disappointment coming from losing the NFC Championship game, um, is there something in your mind where you say, okay, obviously it was such a unique game. You're down. Were you on the quarterback depth chart at all? Would you have <laughs> thrown a pass? Nah. No? Why didn't Juwan Jennings? He, he was, he was, uh, man, he was the top quarterback. Man, Juwan, a different cat. I know, but he was like the fifth ranked quarterback. Yeah, why, why? we're talking about the league right now. Yeah. No, I know, I know, but I mean, Christian McCaffrey was on, right. was on the, eh, I don't know. It's, it's different. Um, anyway, but, uh, to take the next step next year, what's kind of top of mind, Debo? I mean, I ain't thought too much about that right now. Uh, I mean, we just lost a game, what, a week and a half ago? So, yeah. like, I ain't too much thinking about, you know, um, ball at the moment, if right. that makes sense. Like, you can't you can't just think about what just happened or you can't try to go back and put your mind through what happened. You just got to let it go. And, like, if you think about ball all the time, like, you'll end up stressing yourself out. You'll get in a dark spot. You'll get in a dark spot. And I don't, and I don't tend to let myself get get through that. Like, been in this league for, like, four years. I feel like I've been in here for 10 with all the knowledge <laughs> that I got from Kyle and John and Trent yeah. and all the other guys. It's just like you can't do nothing about it at this point. So, I mean, you just got to get ready for next year. And, I mean, you got to take time to yourself. You got to let your mind, you got to let your body rest and then just get back to work. What are you thinking about? Right just, now? Yeah, just getting away. Yeah, I'm just chilling right now. Just, yeah. just living life. Um, last thing for you before we get to uh, what you're doing with Wells Fargo. Uh, we do a thing called Club Kevin, which is just, it's our, you shout out whoever you want to shout out. It's our version of the Hall of Fame. Could be a TV show you're watching. Could be an athlete you're feeling right now. Doesn't matter. You can shout out anybody who you're going with. I'm going to shout out my dog, AJ, man, for, yeah. I'm going to shout out my dog, AJ, man, for putting in all the hard work and, you know, um, got a, got a great little girl and he, he loved both, he loved both of his kids. And I mean, hey, man. I want to see my dog win this one, man. You I know? love that. I want to see my dog win. That's this friendship. One. Yeah, that's friendship. Uh, tell us what you're doing with Wells Fargo. I mean, um, well, Wells Fargo, you got the big, the big game food report. Um, the agri food culture is, you know, is back, and the prices of food is dropping. I mean, like, take it back to chicken wings. I mean, like Super Bowl party. Yep. So wings are twenty twenty three percent under under the rate right now. So why not? Love it, Debo Samuel. Thanks for coming on Sony J, man. No problem.